Hello and welcome once again to Crazy Comics and Stories. It's me, your charming and delightful Uh-oh. old Uncle Rat Bastard. I'm done. Already? I'm not. It's it's for it, the Joker's pregnant, dude. I I I think I gotta check out. It, it podcast over. Game over. What? Uh, now, I read something about that. What is the story behind it? Is it some dream no that idea. Harley Quinn is having? Or? No, it's real. It's the Joker, the man who stopped laughing, number four. Uh, and the la- what got me was when the Atomic Skull is apparently looking under the Joker who's got his legs up and giving him an exam. So it's more it's more a uh, his tribute to the Silver Age stories where superhero comics got a bit dada oh yeah a more modern violent incarnation all i know is a lot of people have come up to me (laughs) at work and they're like the joker is pregnant i go i i i i I don't know i just (laughs) he, he obviously didn't use protection i don't know so well what's worth the joker being pregnant or giant turtle jimmy olsen or Batman going down on Catwoman? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> and all I can, although I do got to say, I saw the, the sequence in Action Comics 1050 where Superman comes up behind armored Lex Luthor, tap, 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 pow! <laughs> Lex Luthor is flying off into space. I'm like, okay, that's, that's Superman. <sighs> Anyways. I'm sorry, you you were doing an introduction. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I, it, it's it's no longer tubes and wires, tubes and fiber. Remember, you've got to you got to update that. I've got high speed interwebs. This is our uh, first off. It's one of our most popular episodes of the month. Well, thank you. And it's uh, our longest episode of the month, which is weird because uh, now. For those of you who don't know, we are now on Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcasts and all these other things. We used to just be on Apple Podcasts and um, a few other places, but now we're on the big boys. And when you're with the big boys, they give you all these analytics. Our previews episode is our most popular. And it's also the longest, which is weird because on the other podcasts, if we go over an hour and a half, we start to see listeners drop off. But on preview, sometimes they go almost two and a half hours and it's fine. So I don't go know figure. what you people want. Go figure. Maybe, maybe they just don't like the freaking and geeking. Although I always thought that was something from years ago they actually enjoyed. Or maybe it's people people set aside more time for previews. Don't know. We don't know because nobody talks to us. Nobody cares. I mean, Travis sends an email here and there, which we we devour greedily. Corey sometimes shares the mail with me. <sighs> well, I don't want you to get a swelled head. We've had that before. It did not turn out well. The swelled head or the email? The swelled head. Oh, yeah. I had to get new headphones. Uh, 
my ears didn't quite look. I had skin tags and moles. Ugh, nasty, nasty. But this is our previews episode. I hold in my hand the January previews for March Comics. Yes, January 23, number 412. On the cover, Night Fever, Night Fever. You know how to do it. But not by the Bee Gees. Oh, no, no, no. This is Night Fever by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, who, one of my favorite creative teams, they do the best crime comics being made today. Um, From Image, on the uh, other side, Iron Guard Supplies. Arg. For, uh, it looks like these are card supplies. They are. I was actually looking. They they actually have some comic stuff but i think it's a different brand but yeah if you need some card stuff this is the official preview stuff not that you don't have billions upon billions of choices if you ever happen to visit a like a a card shop or a place that does actually carry cards and then on the spine it's an ad for free comic book day matter of fact if you go into your previews from page 31 to 38, first of all, there's a, what do you call those little square codes you can scan? The QR code. Ah, the little square code you can scan. Yeah. And inside are all the freebie comics you can get. I won't really spend a lot of time on this because we, of course, will be going to Granite City and picking up uh, everything. Except I will point out, if you're a Funko fan, on page 38... First of all, you've got all the cool T-shirts and caps and and lanyards and fun stuff. But there is a, I should say, an exclusive previews fun code that will be, how do you say it, Etrigan the Demon mm-hmm. with Blacklight Chase vinyl figure. And this will be only available U.S., Canada, U.S. territory. So if you... Really want one if you're my overseas listeners. Give me a yell. I'll see about calling up Tim at Granite City and getting one for you. They don't have a picture of it. And again, previews exclusive means it's exclusive to anybody who orders previews. I'm not big on Funko, but I know if I had a comic store, I definitely would have probably jumped on board and ordered a few more of these because this is the only place you'll get them other than after free comic book day, probably get them on the Ebays or whatever. So now, now, Joe, do you ever look at the the promo items, you know, the shirts, the hats, all that, and and order any of that? I don't because I don't wear them. In my job, I actually have a uniform I wear, and that actually down when like I do have something good to go to, like I had to go to a funeral over the weekend. I would look through and I'm like, I don't really have any really nice dress clothes. I don't even have a suit. I might go out and get one. I was actually going to get one, I figure, for, you know, funerals and weddings. But, you know, I just I've got from years ago when I was doing the call center thing, I had to do business casual. So I have business pants and I have business well slacks, trousers. I've got the wrong trousers and shirts. I just don't wear ties. I gave up ties after I quit Sears. And when I had the comic store, I basically would wear a T-shirt, usually one that I was selling. I mean, I kept the T-shirt I had, 
but there was always one on the rack that you could buy. And I, I have a few of my faves still. The mage one is my favorite. If I ever go back to Renfest locally, I'll probably go with that shirt and pants. And I just, I haven't found a glowing wiffle bat though, because that I figured would be the only other thing I really need. Now, a few years ago, I did buy the free comic book day shirt that was drawn by Mike Allred. Cool. And this year I have ordered the bag. It's a vinyl bag. I forget what they're called, but I, I, the group home gave me one of those a few years ago as kind of their, oh, we can put our logo on stuff. I've now used it so long that the logo is completely worn off. <laughs> and I, I get one every so often because they're really good for when I go to the group home, something to put my tablet, my phone, charger cables, stuff like that in. And because it's starting to get a little ratty, I'm a little worried that it's, you know, going to fall apart. So I've ordered a new one for free comic book day. And it's just men aren't allowed to carry purses for some reason. We're just not. If we do it, we we get yelled at. We call it a merce. Yeah. But it's good for all your electronic crap. And if you're somebody like me who has allergies, so you can have your allergy medication. And uh, if you have migraines, so you can have your pain medication. By the way, I I don't call those pill bottles. I call them rattlers. (laughs) How's your rattler doing? Well, I got my rattler with me. So, uh, but yeah, the whole lot of comics. DC is putting out some stuff as well that is not listed because they are not part of the free comic book day officially. I, you know, I didn't even look. Did Marvel listed here or not? Yes, oh, yeah, Marvel is listed. There. They are on page 34, but you'll notice DC is not. Which, you know, whatever DC. You know, well, not, they're, not, they're through Lunar, and you yeah. can't order see books through previews, whereas Marvel, you can still order books through yeah, previews. Yeah, and I suppose Diamond would probably make it look like, okay, we'll do it, but it's advertising, you got to pay us. I don't even think they're allowed to take part. It is oh. a di- free comic book day is owned by Diamond, and you have to have books through hmm. Diamond in order to take part. Well, I'm sure if DC wanted to in their old DC Connect, they could say, these are free giveaways yeah they've got something like that so now as you know this is an interactive one so if you've got your previews with you we'll say the page number and you can jump on board with one notable exception we'll get to shall we begin Uh, is there anything beforehand you want to point out because previews also is kind of cool because it has interviews like this month they're interviewing Kieran Gillian the uh is he the writer or the creator of Die? He's the creator of Die, which so has the whole, whole thing, which has the uh, role playing game. Yeah. He also did a lot of stuff at Marvel and he does a lot of stuff at Image. He is also probably best known now for doing the Avengers, not Avengers. Yeah, Avengers X Men mm-hmm. Eternal story. There's also a bunch of ads for some of the books they always talk about things that have sold at auction 
because I guess they do have an auction site, Hacks, Hawks, I think, H-A-K-E-S. And they're always teasing things that they sold and things like that. Ads for previewsworld.com. Now, I will say, Corey sent me the digital code to try to use previews because I went out and bought my previews. Again, I picked it up at the Comic College. I have not gotten my previews yet through Discount Comic Service because I'm on some weird fifth week thing. They don't have a fourth week anymore. And when I put the code in, I did not get. They said, we'll send you a PDF of previews. I did not get it, which was kind of a waste of a code because you can only use the code once. What I've since found out is apparently you're supposed to register your email on their app. To yes. which you told me you've actually tried on the app because then you get the little, you know, good thing for an old fart like me with bad eyesight. Oh, by the way, I got my readers with me because, you know, I always have problems when we get to the previews. And yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to read the previews in a little. You know, I, I hate doing the digital crap anyways, much less. Well, like I said, when I picked up the previews and and uh, well, what the heck, I'll, I'll I'll call them out. Marvel, we're in living blue blazes as your your catalog there. You must really not want me to buy from you this month. I've got the DC Connect, which was number 32. I got the big previews before 12. No Marvels. Dudes, you've got one freaking job. Get your preview catalog out on time. Let's step up to it. If you're a multi-billion dollar company attached to an ultra trillion dollar company, that mouse, there's no reason why you can't get your damn catalog out by the first. So step up. Especially if this is your only real way. Well, you, not really. There are other ways they're probably using. But I've been picking up. Jeez, oh, I've been ordering through a comic book catalog since at least 1980. Yeah. So there's no reason not to get it out there. Or get another Marvel Age going. That's that's called foreshadowing, people. Um, also, we do not list every comic we buy. Nope. We highlight the new stuff, the collected stuff, and reprints of things that we think you might be interested in. Yeah, things that catch our attention. And we always offer, if we miss something that you're real excited about, or worse, you're a creator and you got this thing you're real excited about and we didn't mention it, let us know. We're more than willing to give a shout out to anything that we overlooked. Because believe me, until I win that Mega Millions, is that tonight? No, it's tomorrow night as we're recording. Then, uh, then I then I'll just be ordering everything, two of everything, one for Corey, one for me. And believe me, things will change drastically in the review department. But as it is, if unless there's anything else, should we begin with the first publisher image? Why, yes, let's begin. I will start right. With the life, universe, the answer, and everything. Can't say it the way it's supposed to be said because you get sued. Page 42, The Ambassadors, a six-issue miniseries from Mark Miller and Frank Quietly. Quiet, quiet, quit Ely. Let's go that because I like that. The Frank most Quietly. Quit Ely. <laughs> if it's going to be a compound name, no. There's a couple variant covers, and they actually post them. Thank you, Image. I've called out a few other publishers because they don't post their covers. Uh, I'll take a quick break. Corey, if you order this, which cover would you go for? Because they're all pretty much the same price. 
I'd get the Frank Quitely black and white version, really. Yep, I like that one. Blank covers, you know, I always like to talk about things that go up in value. Blank covers are going up in value. Not necessarily because they're rare, but because people later on, you suddenly discover Frank was at a con, find a blank cover. There's comic shops that have rows of blank covers for people to buy. So that's also a way to go, especially if you think you're going to get some artwork. But this is a miniseries premiere. The most ambitious comic book of all time is finally here. Thank the gods. I'm just after this, I'm not ordering another comic. <laughs> Imagine if you could give superpowers to six people in a world of eight billion. Who do you choose? Join six of the greatest artists in the industries for an enormous story about ordinary people from around the world explaining why it should be them. And there's a little tiny square. Images change their uh, marketing a little bit. And they have this little black square with an eyepiece in it. I guess, what would you call that? The one? The one? A monocle. Thank you. And I'm, I was thinking, Frank, I was thinking Hogan's Heroes. Clink, what do they call it? So a little monocle, part of Frank Miller's highly anticipated big game campaign, where in 25 different franchises collide for the event of the season. So that sounds like a little foreshadowing. So that's my first pick, Corey. We're, oh, by the uh, way, we're dropping back and forth until we uh, get through the whole thing. Um, on page 43, you have Night Fever, which we talked about on the cover, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. In Europe, on a business trip, Jonathan Webb can't sleep. Instead, he finds himself wandering the night in a strange foreign city with his new friend, the mysterious and violent Rainier, as his guide. Rainier shows Jonathan the hidden world of the night, a world without rules or limits. But when the fun turns dangerous, Jonathan may find himself trapped in the dark. The question is, will what will he do to get home? This is from the people who do the reckless, criminal, I will buy anything they do. It is a 120-page, $25 hardcover. And what's cool about it, the next couple of pages, four pages of sample art. And I will point out on page 47, this comes out in June. You have to order it now if you're nice to your comic book guy. But you have several months to think about it if, like me, oh, well. We'll get well, it's going to be an expensive month either way you say. Matter of fact, there's which makes up for the last few months, which have not been. Let's just go right down, flip the page to page 48. Phantom Road number one. This is a series premiere. Jeff Lemire, Gabriel Hernandez, Walter, Jordi Belera. Dom is a long haul truck driver attempting to stay ahead of his tragic past when he stops one night to assist Bertie who's been in a massive car crash, they pull an artifact from the wreckage that throws their lives into fifth gear. Suddenly, a typical midnight run has become a frantic journey through a surreal world where Dom and Bertie find themselves the quarry of strange and impossible monsters. It's grindhouse horror meeting high-concept supernatural fantasy in the first issue of a bold new series. Uh, and the monocle says, I kind of like that, Mad Max meets the Sandman. Again, Three pages of premier art, a couple smaller pages, which is really, really appreciated. That's what put me over to make me want to get this. And again, some of the smaller publishers can't do that. But anytime you can give me a little bit more, especially if it's something new that I've never seen or tried before, that sometimes can uh, do it. 
What do you got next, Mr. Strode? I also want to point out on Forged, it's by Greg Rucka. Rucka, Rucka. I love Greg Rucka. Uh, again, he does a lot of mystery and crime comics. He also does a lot of mystery and crime novels. If you go to page 60. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I, I got that one, too. Emma Kubert's Stoneheart. Bubbly and headstrong, Shane Shade Whisper has been inexplicably exiled from her magical guild and relocated, left with only vague memories and romanticized hope. But when she hears a sinister voice in her head that awakens a power beyond her comprehension, she'll traverse her past and present to unravel her prestigious place within the magical island of Athea. Um, this is Emma Kubert, who does Inkblot. It's all I need to see. Oh, Emma yeah, Kubert has awesome. won, won me over. Uh, she's also working on Frank Miller, Frank Miller comics. But for me, Inkblot, let me know this is a creator I'm going to buy. And that's the thing. If you put out a really good book, especially a creator-owned book, you've won a fan who's going to follow you to your other creative stuff, almost sight unseen. They do have four pages here. Emma Cooper's art is art, I know. But she's proven to me that she can tell a good story and the stuff she does is going to be worth my money. Like my previous two picks, those are creators I follow. So it's easier to sell me on a book if I've read your stuff before and I like it. And it's why when people talk about, oh, do you follow, you know, characters? Do you follow companies? I follow creators. Yep. Again, the monocle points that out for fans of Inkblots. And, you know, I've I've picked up the trades and have loved them. I'm going to flip back one page to page 58. No backslash one. Number one, 10 issue miniseries. Kyle Higgins, Brian Buxelato? Sorry, Brian. Gerald Borgs does the art and, well, I guess does the art. And then there's a bunch of variant covers, including some incentive variants, for those of you that like to pick those up. Ten months ago, the Richard Rowe murders shocked the city of Pittsburgh. In the months since, the killings have sparked a dangerous political movement, copycat killers, and a mass vigilante who's still determined to hold the powerful accountable. Not a symbol, not a hero. They could be anyone. They're no one. Some really, really small artwork, but it's always appreciated because sometimes that's just enough. Like I said, that's what gets me interested. I love I love what you're doing there, Image. Mr. Strode? On page 64, we're getting into the collected stuff and this is the first trade paperback of creep show tales of suspense and horror this reprints the what, first five issues i think so there's only been five so far yep reprints the first five issues and i like a horror anthology i like the creep show uh tv show i liked both of the movies stephen king does not have anything to do with this one in the first two Creepshow movies, he wrote all the short stories that they're based on. But this is just a horror anthology with a lot of indie creators. And I like those. So that's an easy buy for me. On page 67. Yes. I'm buying this. 
as trades, but this I may trade them in and get this. This is the Department of Truth Deluxe Edition Volume 1, the Complete Conspiracy Hardcover. And I've been picking up the actual trades. This collects Department of Truth 1 through 17. And Image is doing something as well that I, I actually like. Uh, go back to the page Corey was talking about, page 64 under Creepshow. Up in the upper right, there's a little horror. This tells you exactly what this is. Across from it is uh, Dark Ride, which is something I recommended as individual issues. There's the trade. It's horror. In this case, Department of Truth, Crime and Mystery, and Horror. Very important. And I think that helps distinguish, especially when somebody is getting ready to buy something like the aforementioned Phantom Road, where it's fantasy, horror, supernatural. These are just little retailer tricks. Again, if you're doing Spawn, Savage Dragon. I know who these guys are. You don't have to sell me on it. But anytime you're doing something different, and, and Image is wonderful at that because you just you don't know what's coming out of them. And so far, I'm very excited about the things that I picked. That's it for me. Corey, anything else you got that you'd like to point out? For Image, I think that was it for me as well. Again, humorous, page 70, the scumbag deluxe edition, oversized hardcover. And again, I picked it up as issues. So, yep, that <sighs> was it for me for image. All right. Next up is Boom. And I have a couple Boom items on page 112. As I jump forward, there we go, page 112. Briar. Briar number volume one. I'm doing really good with pronunciation. This is a what if Sleeping Beauty never got her happily ever after and had to save herself. 100 years after Briar Rose first fell into her slumber, the sleeper has now become the sleepwalker and she must face a brutal bleak world ruled by a tyrant from her past. Burdened by prophecy and betrayal, it will take everything Briar and her band of misfits have to survive the wasteland where magic went to die. As they journey through the land of untold terrors, she nurtures a burning pledge of vengeance, but will it be enough to bring some semblance of happy ending to the land and her heart? This is a graphic novel. Christopher Cantwell, Sherman Garcia, and I just love, I mean, you know the tale. The art looks good, and this is a collection of the miniseries that came out and that's where i tend to pick up a lot of what uh boom does anything for you Corey? uh if you turn the page <gasps> oh, there is a soft cover it's not called your an chance omnibus, but it is an omnibus it is the the previous one which i've got sitting on my shelf is long out of print and way overpriced here's your chance the Complete Irredeemable by Mark Wade. Most of the artists by Minnesota native and our pal Peter Krause. Basically, this is Mark Wade. What if Superman turned evil? When the Plutonian, world's greatest superhero, snaps and turns into the world's greatest villain, only his former teammates have a chance of stopping his rampage. 
But while on the run from the world's most powerful and angry being, will these former teammates discover his secret in time? How did it come to this and what will happen to the world when his its savior betrays it? This reprints the entire series. This is a fantastic, fantastic comic. And while other people have done stories like this before, Mark Wade makes it more complicated, makes it more interesting, brings in more nuance rather than, hey, we're going to see Superman kill people. It's much more complicated. Very well done. And Peter Krause is not a standard superhero artist. He's much more of a, again, I'm going to use that word, nuanced artist. He's actually better at drawing people doing normal things than the superheroics, which works out really well because it kind of highlights the disturbing aspects of this series. Cannot recommend this enough. Joe? That's it for me. I think that is it for me on Boom as well. All right. Let me grab my list because next up is Dark Horse. Dark Horse will start out for me on page 134. And we're talking Order and Outrage. Jim Starlin talking about creators. You writing the phone book? I'll read it. Jim Starlin. Briggs Morales doing the art and cover. Gene manipulation has always been solely for those who can afford the expensive prenatal treatments. Income determines status, and more importantly, survival. If your genes have not been optimized, the order, capital O, has no use for you. You are non-essential, less than, to be eliminated. Everything is geared to keeping the ship of the state sailing along smoothly, no matter what the cost. But in every totalitarian system lies the seeds of rebellion, independence, and outrage. Got a page of art by Starlin. Or is it Rags? Either way. It's Rags Morales. Starlin yeah. cannot draw any longer, I oh, believe. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember. A couple variant covers to choose from. Let's see. What did I write down I'm going for? I went with cover. No, I went with cover A. Just because I like the busyness of it. Cover B is tempting. And... It's a four-issue miniseries, which I love because I'll wait, get all four of them together, and read them at once. I say that, but I've got three long boxes of miniseries, <laughs> all publishers, and eventually I will. I promise I will get around to reading. So that's my sure first one. What you got, you Mr. Strode? Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Okay, I got working on number four. I'm sorry. On page 152, there are two things, one I'm buying and one I want to point out. Uh, first is the Resident Alien Omnibus. If you have been seeing the ads for Resident Alien during your wrestling shows, because it's one of the few series on sci-fi, it's weird. I remember a few years ago, sci-fi had a whole bunch of series. Now they've got like one or two. And this one's, it's okay. It's not great. It's okay. But the comic, they're putting out the uh, Omnibus reprinting the entire comic series and also on that page the ec archives weird science volume two trade paperback so if you were thinking boy i'd sure like to pick up weird science with uh, art by harvey kurtzman wally wood jack Kamen, joe orlando and george russos about 50 bucks for a hardcover 
No, no, no. It's $20 for the trade paperback, which is uh, almost cheaper than um, other paperbacks at this point. EC was the best comic book company that ever existed. They had a killer lineup of artists, and they were always proudest of their science fiction books and weird science and weird fantasy. Well worth your time and money to pick that up. Joe, do you have anything else with Image, with uh, Dark Horse? On page 145, I'm not buying it, but I will point it out. If you are an Avatar fan or you know an Avatar fan and you think they're worth $49.99, there's Avatar The High Ground, which is a direct prequel to the film. Because Lord knows they didn't do anything for 10 years before the next episode happened. So that's something to point out. On page 148, Skinner hardcover. There's nowhere to run once the Skinner finds you. It's a terrifying tale of six internet celebrities who accompany a superstar survivalist on a one-week trip deep into the remote Canadian wilderness. After their plane crashes, the influencers and their guide are stalked by a mountain man of local legend. Skinner, who tracks, murders, and skins his victims. Not the guy from X-Files. When the celebrities mount a desperate counterattack, they discover that there is much more to the Skinner myth than any of them could have imagined. A nightmare creature that can assume any form. Will the celebrities survive or be canceled by the horrific monster of a thousand faces? It's from the writing duo of Mickey Nielsen and Simewise Dieter. And that, I'm not big on horror, but that one did catch my attention. For those of you who like the Comicology original series, you can p- take a peek on 142, 143. Uh, Dot Self trade paperback and Red Tag trade paperback. I'm not picking up either of them. Uh, I just point them out because I think it's kind of cool that Dark Horse does this. And the final thing for me is across from where Corey was talking the gods, the rock gods of Jackson, Tennessee trade paperback, 200 pages, Raffer, Roberts, Mike Norton. It's 1989 and Marty Ward, Jackson, Tennessee's number one juvenile delinquent, never wanted to join the rock gods. After all, who wants to play with the nerds like Johnny, Lenny and Doug? But after the high schoolers stumble into the gig of a lifetime, Opening for local rock legend Tommy Tungsten, the four outcasts must put aside their differences and play together if they want to achieve their dream of fame, freedom, and popularity. Standing in their way of the future superstars are their parents, their teachers, a school full of jerks and bullies, a town of bad bosses, sanctimonious preachers, corrupt politicians, each other in a rampaging horde of mutated monsters tearing through Jackson and eating everything in their path. The rock gods of Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, that one actually just sounds like, I, I, I hate to say it, because every time I said something's fun, people are like, oh, I don't want to buy it. No, but it, <laughs> it sounds like a blast. What? Fun? Fun in comics? <sighs> I forgive you, you blasphemy. And that's it for me for Dark Horse. And now on to Dynamite. Anything for you? No, we already went over mine. All right. I will talk about just some things to point out for you, uh, John Carter, Warlord of Mars fans. I say it is Deja Thoris has a new series starting. And on page 165, you get a interview with the creator, which is kind of cool. 
John Carter of Mars. Uh, I guess some of the books are actually listed on page 166. This collects John Carter of Mars 1 through 5. I don't know why they don't put Warlord. Maybe it's a trademark thing. On page 168, Kong the Great War. World at war. While men of all nations fight on foreign shores, an imperial German U-boat is lost at sea. The crew now faces terror beyond imagination. Monsters from creation's dawn. Gruesome blood-stained death from above and below. Impossible beasts reigned by fear and violence in the South Pacific. And looming over all, the gigantuan ape god that knows no master. These brave men have faced death before, but now they must contend with Kong. Tons of variants, including the Dynamite Metal Premium cover, which I'd love to buy. And then an interview on page 170 with writer Alex Cox. He basically is, he says 1933 King Kong is it. Yeah, 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 there's been others, but this is it. So a lot of pages of art, but it's all pending licensee approval. On page 184. I want to oh, stop you on that one. Um, normally, when there's a King Kong comic, I kind of just pass by. Alex Cox, however, is writer-director Alex Cox, who did such movies as Repo Man, Sid and Nancy, Straight to Hell. He wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, this is kind of one of his first comics. Well, no, let me take that back. He's a fan of the Japanese Godzilla films. Uh, he tried to direct an American Godzilla comic at one point, but was passed over. He also did Godzilla in Time back in the 90s for Dark Horse. So I'm really interested in it. However, I will be picking it up as a trade paperback instead of individual comics. Yeah, and I got to say something I did notice. I was raving about the signed Atlas editions. Oh, they're not an Atlas edition for this, which is really, really sad because I would pick one up if Alex Cox was autographing it. So there there weren't any any of them. I'm big on the Dynamite variant covers, but if I can get the signed ones, I'm actually a little excited about that. So maybe it's a little tougher to get these guys to sign stuff. Or is it? The final couple things I'll point out on page 184 is a Darkwing Duck facsimile edition. In case you never picked up the, was it Gladstone or Marvel? No. The original. Disney Comics. Oh, wow. Remember, Disney did publish comics for about a year or so. Yeah, this was way back in 1991. So if you got money, I haven't even looked up what they are running. But here's your chance to get one. There's a bunch of different variants, too, including the the beloved blank ones we talked about. So that's kind of fun. Not a lot of fun extra stuff from Dynamite this month. I will go to page 198, though. There you've got your fill of boys stuff. There's a Virgin Art metal cover, the Herogasm Virgin Art holofoil cover. There's a couple other hollow foil and metal covers. Metal covers are cool. They're expensive, but they're cool. metal. Metal. The other page has some more omnibuses, including signed editions, if you want to get both Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. So a lot of fun there. That's it for me for Dynamite. So now should we do DC or Marvel? Uh, 
Let's do uh, DC since I have their supplement. Okay. This is pay. This is number thirty-two, as I mentioned before, and you can kind of go along real easy. For example, the first one I will recommend is on page eight. It's Superman Lost. This is a ten-issue miniseries. I have not decided yet if I'm going to pick it up individually or as a ongoing series by Christopher Priest, art by Carlo. Yeah, by Carlo. I'm just going to Carlo and Jason. I'm just going to go with the packs. Jason packs. I don't want to don't want to insult anybody else with names. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's a Superman's Odyssey adventure. After Superman is called away on a routine Justice League mission, Lois Lane awakens to find a complete stranger standing in her room. The Man of Steel, home much sooner than expected, reveals he has, in fact, been lost in space for 20 years. Nothing and no one seems familiar to him anymore, and the timeless bond between them has been severed. Or has it? Can love conquer all? We're heading into Superman's 85th anniversary celebration, and this continues it with an all-new 10-issue blockbuster from the creators of Eisner-nominated Deathstroke series. Some pages of artwork... And I think I point this out, but I probably will wait for the the altogether book because, you know, they'll probably do like one through five will be a small book, five through ten. But I'm waiting for a hardcover on this one because I think this one's got some legs on it. It should be a lot of fun. What do you got for your first one, Mr. Strode? All the way over on page 20, the unstoppable patrol number one. I had that one as well. Written by Dennis Culver, art and cover by Chris Burnham. Chris Burnham's art just looks so good. They do give an example of his art on the next page. After the events of Lazarus Planet, more people than ever have been have been active metagenes. Most of these new metahumans have become misfits, shunned and imprisoned by a fearful society. They're hidden away in the dark, lost to a system that only sees them as weapons or guinea pigs, ticking time bombs that can only be defused by the unstoppable Doom Patrol. I've always liked the Doom Patrol since I started reading DC. And this, there have been some misfires, but there have also been some really good Doom Patrol stuff since the Grant Morrison. This looks like it's going to be kind of merging the Grant Morrison stuff with, what was it, Young Animal? by Gerard Way and the TV series. I also want to point out that there is a variant cover that uh, goes all the way back to the 90s. I'm kind of surprised nobody in the 90s tried this, Joe. Mm -hmm. There is a scratch-off variant cover. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to have to check the price on that one. I may get $3.99. Oh, Oh, cool. The variants are $4.99. Yeah, well, still, I mean, again, they've got the one in 25, one in 50, which are a little more expensive because they're more incentive variants. That sounds actually pretty fun. Back on page 17, Multiversity, Harley screws up the DCU. Harley's got a time machine. What could go wrong? You heard it. A mysterious benefactor has left Harley a time machine, and after giving it about half a second thought, she decides to take it for a joyride. And what could possibly go wrong, right? Funny you should ask. Turns out a quick trip through time can screw up a few things, namely the entire DC universe. So that's a six-issue miniseries. I believe I will definitely be jumping on 
Anything else? What's I should say? What's next? On page 25. No, page 23. DC's Legion of Bloom. It's another of those 100 page anthology books. Um, this has, let's see, Blue Beetle, Swamp Thing, Captain Carrot, Floronic Man, Poison Ivy, Flash, Wonder Woman. These must do well enough for DC to keep making them, but I love me some anthology books. I'm looking at the creators, and I don't recognize any of them, which in a way is pretty cool, so that I can sample their work. And I think that's one of the reasons DC does this, to say, okay, we've got a bunch of people who we we want to see if they can put together a story. And, you know, anthology books. Another thing I like about them is they're almost kind of timeless because they're not part of a big, long tie-in thing. One of the things that I did when we were out on Black Friday, any anthology collection from either Marvel, DC, or an indie that I hadn't picked up before, I went ahead and grabbed. Because, hey, they're done in one. It's just a good read. And a comic doesn't have to be part of an overarching, multiversal, blah, 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 as long as it reads good. Joe? I'm not getting it, but I'm going to point it out. Because I'm in, I'm in the trades now. It's, it's weird because DC does the new new comics or things they're pointing out. Then they do some trades then they go to the regular comics. So, I mean, I'm in the trades unless you have something else comic wise you want to point out, Corey. No. So page 28. I thought this was a great concept. Build your own one bad day box set, starting with the Riddler and Batman, the killing joke. This is essentially a slipcase. For the books that are coming out, and one of them is right across from it, Batman, One Bad Day, The Riddler, in a, uh, what are they calling this? I guess just a trade. And it gives you a chance to get the slipcase and put it all together. And the bookends, of course, one is the aforementioned Riddler. The other one's another print of The Killing Joke. And as the other ones come out, because it was The Riddler, Two-Face, Penguin, Mr. Freeze, Catwoman, Bane, Clayface, Ra'agul, all from the pages of Batman One Bad Day, and they will be collected in hardcover format that you can assemble into this box, which will include, as I mentioned, the Riddler, and, of course, a new printing of The Killing Joke, all with the spines matching. So I think that's pretty cool. In terms of brand, brand new stuff, I will point out on page 31 something I panned originally, and I I have not seen this on the shelf, which means one of two things. Either it's sold out or retailers just weren't buying it. But the Jurassic League, yeah, you know you know the story. The infant escapes destruction of home planets, deposited on Earth, be raised by human parents. Goddess from a lost city defends the truth. The theropod dons the vintage of a bat to strike fear into our evil to his hearts. This heroic trinity, alongside a league of other superpower dinosaurs, mm-hmm. join forces to save a prehistoric Earth from the sinister's machinations of a horrific menace. Oh, okay, well, maybe you don't know this story. But what got me is that they are actually using pro wrestling moves in some of the fights with these dinosaurs. It's exactly as rad as you hope, says Comics Bookcase. Here's your chance. I have no idea if you can find these on the shelf because it was a six-issue miniseries, but here's your chance to get it all in just one trade paperback. 
So I will probably do this and and done check it out. How about you, Mr. S? What do you got next? Well, I want to point out Superman, the 85th anniversary collection on page 33. Mm -hmm. And here's my problem with it. If you have the 75th anniversary collection, you have most of these stories. If you bought the uh, volumes of the best Superman stories ever, you've got most of these stories. They just added a couple more stories to the previous collections. So it's one of those where if you've got the 80th anniversary collection or the 75th anniversary collection, you don't need this. And with so many Superman stories, how hard would it be for them to put out a book that has new stuff? Rather than even, that, we reprint kinda, these stories every five years. Yeah. Here you go. Here's another book we're adding. Go to the page before, page 32. I was going to point out the absolute Superman for all seasons. This is an absolute edition. Say everything Corey just said, put it on this. If you don't have this in some format, the absolute edition is beautiful because it's huge and you get to see the art and it's in a slipcase. And this is a return to print or it's 25. It's been 25 years since that thing's been published. Yeah. Sorry. I'm feeling old. And as long as you're feeling old, pop to the next two pages. Same thing all over again. Superman, Space Age, uh, Shazam, Power of Hope, Shazam, Monster Society This is the first of collection Evil. of Superman, Space Age. It's the Mark Russell, Mike Allred miniseries that yeah. just wrapped up. Yeah. So you may have it. But again, if you didn't, you get a second, third, fifth, 25th chance. <laughs> Uh, that Superman Power of Hope, if you don't have it, pick it up. It's fantastic. It was back when uh, Paul Dini and Alex Ross were doing these Treasury Editions. One oh, for yeah. each of the major heroes. I think I have. I can't tell. My, my absolutes are upstairs. I know I have a big collection of all of them, which was a great way to do. It. But even for the longest time, I had the inner, the original ones. And they're tabloid size so you gotta kind of go out of your way to find some way to keep it protected but oh beautiful and joe are you still into facsimile editions i is on page 38 this depresses me a little <laughs> batman 357 facsimile edition i bought this on the stands um yeah. this is the first appearance of jason todd Oh, I okay. I'm gonna Batman do a quick. three fifty seven. As long as we're talking, let me just. Uh, I should be able to tap that in quick. Batman three fifty seven. All right, let's see what the EB says. Dun dun dun. Okay, not Detective Batman. And of course, that's the one that has. In case you didn't know, Batman three fifty or Detective three fifty seven has William B. Williams on it. You know, as he's interviewing both Batman, Robin, and. Bruce Wayne and uh, Dick Grayson. Okay, here's the first one. Oh, by the way, Batman 358's first appearance of Killer Croc. So they were rocking that year. In case you, uh, here we go. S about 70 bucks for the first oh. one. So not totally out of bounds, but, you know, you can buy this one for $3.99. Do I want to buy that? Oh, no, I, I'll deal with that. I'll put a watch on that. And I'll come back to it. <laughs> Are you going to do it to me? 
Well, if you go to page 47. Oh. Legends oh. of the Dark Knight. You, you do that. I, I, I got to go bitch. Son of a Jesus. What are you doing? What's this? Freaking time you're doing this to me? Legends of the Dark Knight, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, where it reprints the Batman stories by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, one of the greatest artists to ever work in comics. Also on that page is the Top Ten Compendium, which is almost like an omnibus, except it's a paperback reprinting um, Alan Moore, Xander Cannon, uh, drawn by Gene Hahn, Xander Cannon. All of the miniseries, all of the miniseries that tie into top 10. Oh, you're on that now. Time. Reorder the Phantom Stranger Omnibus. (sighs) (laughs) And I I was going to put a second for top 10 because I, again, these are, fantastic series i know i don't have everything but the compendium is a fantastic way to read it the only thing you gotta remember it's a huge paperback so just be careful don't crack the spine or just crack the bitch and read it it's only a book okay i, I took my meds i feel better now <laughs> Uh, the fact that they've resolicited the Phantom Stranger Omnibus five times is just hilarious. Ugh, <sighs> uh, DC. You can't get your shit together. DC, DC, DC. And we're giving you a pass because you got your thing out. Marvel. Are we done with DC? Yes. Marvel, on the other hand, I'm using gamesradar.com and they list everything in whatever order they feel like, mostly alphabetical. So as I talk about what I'm getting, it'll be kind of, uh, well, the way, the way it's set up in the Marvel previews is their first issues and special issues. That ain't the way it is on. Then everything else is alphabetical except star Wars, which is its own section. And then the, uh, collected editions, but the thing they are prepping, the thing they are pushing most, Doctor Strange number one. Yeah. See, my starts with Amazing Spider-Man 21. However, the first thing that caught my attention, other than the Women's of Marvel, which that's one of those books, it's a one-shot that I will pick up in a comic store. Kind of as a, because, you know, I love it when I go to a comic store. If I can't find anything I want to buy, so... You go ahead and talk about it. I'm gonna I'm I'm getting it as well. I just gotta scroll down and find it. Doctor Strange number one, written by Jed McKay, who I praised last week for his run on Moon Knight. Drawn by Pascal Ferry, covers by Alex Ross, Doctor Stephen Strange is back, reunited with Clay and Wong. It's back to it to um be the Sorcerer Supreme. Kinda surprised it took them this long to kind of do a Doctor Strange comic after the movie. And it was really weird to me that they killed him before the second Doctor Strange movie. Now, the Clea... Kill him? I didn't even know he was sick. (laughs) The Clea 12-issue series, it's not done yet, but I really like it. But I've been a Doctor Strange fan forever. They also go back to the logo from the 70s. 
which I got to admit, it's a pretty cool logo. I'm still scrolling down because right now I'm (laughs) there. there, I just hit Doctor Strange one. A lot of different variant covers. If you choose, but I'm I'm excited. I think I have. Except for what was the Marvel? Where did Doctor Strange appear? Strange Tales number 110. I don't have Strange Tales, but I do have every other Doctor Strange comic. And I do have the omnibuses, so I may be selling those off and keeping the omnibuses. I'm still. Oh, here we go. X-23. There's yes. Two things going on with her. First of all, she gets her own miniseries, five issues. Erica Schultz, Edgar Solares. Solares? Whatever. He knows how to spell it. Salazar. Salazar. Deadly Regenesis. So Laura Kinney, a.k.a. X-23, was cloned from Logan, trained by the facility to be a deadly assassin. Even as she tries to put that life behind her, forces will try to drag her back, and she'll fight them tooth and claw. She's bested by new enemies as well as old favorites. Set during the X-23 days as a member of X-Men and X-Force, when she walked away from the island of Utopia to find where she truly belongs. So that sounds fun. And then... For me, underneath it, they're doing an X-23 number one facsimile edition. So if you don't have the money to buy a true number one, here's your chance to jump on board. And, of course, what's fun is they have all the ads, house ads, and other fun stuff that makes it uh, fun. This was all the way back in 2005. So here's your chance to jump on board for both. We are getting a new David Michelinie Venom miniseries. David Michelinie has not written for Marvel for a while. David Michelinie was the one who created Venom with Todd McFarlane. Although Todd, I, you know, Todd McFarlane claims he's a co-creator, but the it, it's really weird because the look of Venom was really kind of created back in Secret Wars. And Michelinie's the one who took the symbiote and put it on Eddie Brock and kind of created the Venom character. But he's back. This is Lethal Protector 2, which is a sequel to the original Lethal Protector miniseries he did way back when. So another case of Marvel having an older creator revisit and do a sequel to some of their older stuff, which I appreciate. I really like that. I think Peter David's done a fantastic job with his Hulk miniseries, dropping stuff into the Spider-Man clone saga stuff. So I'm actually looking forward to this one. Again, it's going to be where I buy it as a trade, but if you buy stuff as regular comics, Brock versus Doom. Doom. There's another miniseries, and again, I pick up my miniseries as trade paperbacks. Hellcat. I love Hellcat. Yes, I absolutely got- love Hellcat. Uh, Leaping from the pages of Christopher Campbell's Iron Man, Hellcat is back. Patsy Walker is back on the West Coast, living in a demon house surrounded by the ghost of her mother. Five-issue miniseries. um, Always liked Hellcat. Not that much of a Patsy Walker fan. I've read some of the Patsy Walker's soap opera comics and eh. But I, I think it was the 
either the second or third issue of the Avengers that I ever read, which was Patsy Walker finding the the cat's uniform and putting it on and becoming Hellcat. And for me, of course, it was seeing her in her own comic book around the Millie the Walker. <laughs> Millie the Walker. Yeah, that's <laughs> Marvel Zombies now. No, that, Millie the Model. And, of course, I had seen her in Defenders, and I was putting two and two together. It's like, well, they're both Marvel comics. So that's kind of fun. Speaking of together, Avengers 9 is going to have a facsimile edition written by some hack Stan Lee and penciled by some Lee Don Heck and a cover by a guy who won't amount to nothing, Jack Kirby. Okay, I know that in case those of you don't catch irony, that was totally iron knee because these were classic. And this, of course, was the coming of Wonder Man. So if you don't have money to buy the original, here's your chance to do it. And, of course, what I absolutely love is what I mentioned before. All the house ads, all the for sale this month. Uh, there may have been a letters column. I think this was far enough along where they actually had a letter column going. And it's a fun story. If it's a little too old for you, why don't you go pick up Avengers Rage of Ultron via Marvel Tales number one. This is a original graphic novel that came out. Oh, I don't remember when. Hang on a second. I actually have it right here because I had picked it up from uh, my buddy, Pat. Uh, he read it and was like, ah, nah, 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 keep it. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, 2015. And here's, I paid, Pat, 10 bucks for it. You can beat me because they're asked, they're doing it for $7.99. Ultron's full robotic rage is unleashed as we celebrate the legacy of the House of Ideas with Marvel Tales. It's an anthology that signs a spotlight on fan favorites. In this case, Avengers Rage of Ultron was an original graphic novel from the blockbuster team of Rick Remender, Jerome Opina, and Pepe Larraz. A classic victory for the Avengers becomes a nightmare years later. Ultron, the homicidal artificial intelligence so long devoted to ending life on Earth, has found a new world to conquer, one with its own horrific legacy. When Titan, the birthplace of Thanos, falls, planet Ultron rises in its place. Thanos' brother Star Fox seeks the aid of his former allies, but the Avengers he finds are radically different from the ones he knew. I think I did a review of this a while back. I enjoyed it. It was, it doesn't really tie continuity wise. I'm sure you can figure out where it ships in, but as an original graphic novel, it was a good read and here's your chance to pick up and enjoy some of the fun as well. On page 29 is a book that Joe already has mentioned women of Marvel this is an anthology book. It's, uh, let's see, 64 pages for $5.99. Um, Marvel's heroines. Uh, let's see, we've got America Chavez, Silk, uh, let's see, She-Hulk. Uh, Marvel doesn't do as many of these anthologies as DC does, but I enjoy them as well. Joe. Rogue and Gambit, five-issue miniseries from 
Stephanie Phillips, and Carlos Gomez. Krakoa is on a precipice. Destiny alone can see what's coming, but the precog cannot act. For that, she'll need her adoptive daughter, Rogue. Husbands need not apply. But with mutant duties stealing Rogue away so much these days, Gambit is determined to make the most of the mission and put some Cajun spice back into their increasingly complicated love affair. He just has to make it out of the bar first. So this is a five-issue series. I will probably pick it up as a mini-series just because sounds fun. Oh, there's that word again. Curry. Somebody asked about one of my geekings I have coming up. Predator is getting another number one. Hey. By the same writer, creative team, Ed Brisson and Nitho Diaz. On a planet far from Earth, another Predator series begins. Uh, Actually, I like, I like the current Predator series. Did not know it was going to be a miniseries. And in some ways, I wonder if Marvel didn't know it was going to be a miniseries. It's been weird with Predator, too, because they announced stuff, and then they delayed it for almost a, over a year, and then started it up again. And I wonder if it's because it was delayed so long, they were like, oh, okay, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to restart it. But again, this is uh, one that I buy in trade paperbacks. Joe? Clobberin' time! Steve Scrock. Scross. Scross. Thank you. It's Written the, and drawing it. Right? Yeah. And drawing it. The most clobber-filled title in the Marvel line brought to you by the talented Scross. As Ben Grimm teams up with heroes from across the Marvel Universe, it's the thing's greatest adventure yet, with or without the Fantastic Four. And the first issue will start with the Hulk and Ben. They're stranded in a distant alien world where the duo must protect an ancient people against legions of deviant hordes and ultimately face the wrath of a celestial. Mm, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the solo thing. So I, I'm, I'm going to definitely pick this up and recommend it. Oh, my stars and garters. So Joe, uh, do you, sorry, pick- I, I just saw a variant cover for Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain. Holy, oh. holy. Nice going. <laughs> I might buy the cover just for that. Joe, you don't read the Marvel Unlimited yet, do you? I don't think so. One of the breakout stars of the Marvel Unlimited series. Marvel Unlimited is the online service, and they have separate series there. It's Jeff the Landshark. Oh, Jeff. He's getting his own comic, which reprints uh, the stuff from the Marvel Unlimited Infinity Comics. And Jeff the Landshark, I don't know where he came from, but he's this really weird, fun character and just kind of plays in and out through superhero stuff. And it's wacky, it's strange, and it's fun, and I like it. It's kind of like that one uh, anime with the cat. It just it catches in and out of all different superheroes' lives. Yeah. Cat. It's Jeff the Landshark. Now, I think someone at Marvel needs to hire Jessica Hickman, local artist, and the yeah. artist of The Mermaid and the Shark, to draw an It's Jeff comic. Yes. We, we should, are you listening, Marvel? If you, you will make up for all the other bullshit you've been doing this year. And the ideas you've stolen just, from us. Just Yeah, might as well go with someone we like. 
Corey, who I, do you I'll think buy multiple copies of it? Who do you think is being groomed to be the next big badass in the Marvel Cinema Universe? Kang. Mm, I don't know. Does I got a really. I saw a, a theory out there that somebody thinks it could be the person who's already appeared in one miniseries and is appearing in another one coming up, Avengers Beyond. And, of course, they kind of tell you who it is, the Beyonder. Because they're not... The Beyonder in the last Defenders miniseries isn't the goober we know from Secret Wars, Secret Wars 2. I actually read online what had happened, and the Beyonder's been rebirthed as a multidimensional possible threat. Almost beyond celestial and somebody said you know what that would make sense and explain kang in the marvel movie universe because all of a sudden you're taking a character who we haven't seen and was supposedly destroyed during secret wars the the one with doom suddenly showing up in avengers beyond or defenders beyond and now with this new series Derek landy and Greg Land, who's doing the art. Oh, someone's been manipulating the Avengers for the past several months, altering the very fabric of a reality in an attempt to prepare the planet for a threat that could destroy everything. Here now, this unseen individual is to be dragged, kicking and screaming from shadows into the light and is revealed as the Beyonder. Something big is coming to the Marvel Universe. And it's just, it was just one of those things where it's like I, I've been I'm waiting for the trade of the Defenders Beyond, although I did get a variant cover of the first one and I read it and I'm like, wow, they really changed the Beyonder. And if you go to Marvel Wikipedia and look up Beyonder, it gives a good history of what happened with the Beyonder. I don't want to get into it because I was always questioning, like, where is he? Well, this is it. And they may be trying to make him into a cosmic baddie in the comic before they reveal it in the ser- in the uh, Marvel DC universe, Marvel DC, the big Marvel movie universe. Maybe, maybe not. Anyways, he's not the idiot he was. We know him as he's actually more now of a cosmic threat and he's more. Go go pick up Defenders Beyond. You'll understand what I'm saying. He's not. He's almost like the first time they met Galactus. He probably doesn't even remember fighting the Avengers. But I'll find out when I pick this series up. Mainly because it's got Greg Land in it. And I. Now that's it for me for regular comics. But I do want to point out something. There are 11 Star Wars comics coming out in March. Eleven. I, I, I. That's all. Pretty soon there'll be as many Star Wars comics as X Men comics, Joe. And that's problem, just crazy talk. Good. <laughs> it's not like we're. It's not like you know we're. we're and I, I haven't barely been complaining about the X Men comics because, for the most part, the X Men comics are good enough to stand on their own and they do interweave, but they've been good as well. I don't buy them all. Same thing with Star Wars, but when I do pick up 
I picked up, again, I got a variant cover of, oh, what, it, what do they call it? New Republic? High Republic? Yeah. And it was good. I'm like, dang, I should be reading this. I'll probably pick it up as a trade or maybe do the Marvel Unlimited thing. So a lot of these, a lot of this stuff's got some legs to it. And now it's where all our money goes. Well, all my money goes. Marvel Collected Editions. Oh, hang on. Let me roll down. Go ahead. Tell them about the first one, because you, you talked about it already. Um, well, the first one is the Captain America by Ta-Nehisi Coates. It reprints his entire run on Captain America. I'm picking that up. Then, when we first started this podcast, there was a joke that Joe it was letting his Spider-Man comics pile up. And it was the Spider-Man Brand New Day. And then eventually he said that he just wasn't, he hadn't read them. And I will get to them. Well, now you can buy them as an omnibus. I will get to that omnibus once they ship it in July 2023. <laughs> They're going to be reprinting the Spider-Man Brand New Day omnibus they're going to be collecting that whole run what it was it was it, i don't want to call it a hard reboot but it was a reboot of spider-man and they pretty much they and they knew they were going to do a reboot which is why spider-man revealed his secret identity and all this stuff then they did the one more day which hit the reset button Spider-Man had never been married. He and Mary Jane had just lived together and something broke them up, which you find out later. But it also got rid of the multiple Spider-Man books. And there was just one Spider-Man comic that came out three times a month and they had rotating creative teams. And the writers were uh, Dan Slott, Mark Guggenheim, Bob Gale. That's right. Bob Gale, the guy who wrote Back to the Future. Zeb Wells who's, uh, I believe he's writing Spider-Man now, Mark Wade, Joe Kelly. Then there were miniseries by Roger Stern, Brian Reed, Matt Fraction, and Stuart Moore. Your art was by Phil Jimenez, Steve McNiven, Salvador La Roca, Chris Bacalo, Barry Kitson. And, of course, miniseries by Mike McCone, uh, Pat Oliff, John Romita Jr., Lee Weeks. This is a controversial thing. But if you go back and read it on its own without the, oh, I hate that they got rid of the marriage. It is kind of a, okay, we're bringing Spider-Man back to his roots so that we can move forward in kind of a different direction. Because in a lot of ways, Spider-Man, under different creators, had whittled away the, the, the supporting cast and whittled away a lot of the villains and basically just made it where your character Spider-Man lived in Avengers mansion with Mary Jane and Aunt May. And you never heard about J Jonah Jameson. You never heard about any of the supporting characters anymore. So this was kind of a way to kind of move back to that. And, and sucked because they made Parker such an asshole. To start out with. Really, he wasn't really that way. 
it, again, it, it mellowed out as it went on, but it, it really started. Really, do you got to start out with Peter being such an abrasive dork? <sighs> well, what I would like you to do, Joe, is go back and read those Did Ditko it, Spider-Man stories. What, next time you do. Peter's a jerk. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, in the originals. Mm-hmm. But it's also the same problem Grant Morrison had when he rebooted Spider Superman, because Superman was a author, you know, anti-authoritarian jerk, and people were like, "That's not Superman," and we're like, "Yeah, it was." Yeah. <laughs> but if they're gonna reset to that point, it's like, okay, take away all the brand new day or the whole marriage thing, and you know everything they where he went off the sidebar. He wasn't that jerky you know maybe he got that way because the marriage the wedding never happened or whatever you know again they they had to reveal it but it was just it was kind of it was jarring it was very jarring but the thing is that was over 10 years ago now and then of course everybody was like oh my god harry osborne's back it gets explained that's the thing. Everything that they did was explained. And the and the book has kind of gone off in its own direction. And while they do have the supporting cast, I one of the things about Spider-Man is that he has the best supporting cast in comics. For the universe. Any, uh, and any time they get away from that, the book suffers, in my opinion. I don't like the Spider-Verse. I... I don't like, like I don't like how Marvel is making it so it's so easy to hop universe to universe. Yeah, now. yeah that's that's you know I I think Spider Noir is good. I love Spider Gwen or Spider Girl or whatever the hell she's calling herself now. Ghost Spider. Spider. How many more names can you trademark? I'm not giving you any. We already. <laughs> oh. On the next page is a book that when it was first announced, I went, "What the what?" But this is what I'm not getting. But, boy, there are a lot of people who are really excited and happy about this. This is the Marvel Age Omnibus. What it was when uh, Marvel was in the direct market, they put out kind of a fan magazine. And it only cost, originally, what was what, 25 cents? Yep, it was 25 cents. And it was their previews. Promotions and articles. And it also had some... Classic cartoons from Fred Hembeck. I wonder, though, if this will be everything. Or if it'll just be things that they only because they did think of all the licensed products that they had. Do they have the right to reprint articles on that or will it be? Yeah, it says reprinted in full. Now, what I want my foam. Where's my foam omnibus? I agree. Uh. There are a lot of people who are really excited about this. For me, it was like, you know, it was cool to read what's coming up. But much like a newspaper, after you read it, you don't keep your newspapers. You know, there are places you could go where you can look through the inventory to read past articles if you're doing research. But there are a lot of people who are excited about this, so I'm glad they're getting it. One thing that'll be kind of cool is I believe it was uh, Marvel Age 41. 
which was a very expensive one for a while, and it's since dropped, had an interview. I think it was Marvel Age 41. Oh, that's is that even in this one? No, this goes up. Oh. This is one through 34. Oh, annual number one. Okay, I th- I was assuming this was a full thing because 41 has an interview with Stan Lee that was never reprinted anywhere else. And that one tends to, it might have jumped up because of Stan's death and it had a photo cover and it might have gone down because I'm seeing one out right now for about 30 bucks. And I think I ended up selling mine like in the hundreds. But then again, there's only two of them right now on the eBay. So the other one is 30, I'd say 40 bucks. So no, I... I, I guess I'll, I'll jump on board because we're not done with the omnibuses yet, but this is, for me is also kind of on the edge because in, in addition to the fifth try to get that Phantom Stranger omnibus, I'm getting the X Factor by Peter David volume three. Yes, that which includes all the uh, X Factor stuff he has done so far. And I'm <laughs> getting the Defenders number two. Because I don't have many runs left of my comics, but I do have the Defenders, not the Marvel Premiere. I actually sold those years ago. Uh, so I am, those are two, so that's like three omnibuses. And again, there's a another one, which we haven't even gotten to, X-Men 2099 omnibus. I would love to get that in omnibus form, but that's a lot of, and we haven't even gotten to the Star Wars omnibuses. That's a lot of freaking omnibuses. Yeah, the uh, X-Men 2099 Omnibus has uh, the X- the entire X-Men 2099 series, plus the tie-ins, and the six-issue X-Nation 2099. I remember when X-Men 2099 and Spider-Man 2099, those first issues were going for big bucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the next page is Star Wars Legends, the New Republic Omnibus Volume 2. This actually reprints the stuff that kick-started the comic renaissance of Star Wars. It has, let's see, it's got a whole bunch of stuff in it, but the big thing is that it has Dark Empire, Dark Empire 2, and then Dark Empire's End. Those were stories that were going to be coming out from Marvel through Epic. But because it took so long, Dark Horse picked up the license to Star Wars printed those and i remember at the time there were a lot of shops who were uh star wars is a dead license there hasn't been a movie out in 10 years nobody's gonna care and then those came out and they exploded plus you had the thrawn trilogy in novel form and those hit the bestseller list and all of a sudden everybody was like wait people still care about star wars and I think that was around the time that they did the uh, they relaunched the toy line as well. That was uh, 92 to 94. So this is where the kind of the resurgence of Star Wars came from. I am not picking this up because I have it in the Dark Horse omnibuses. They are reprinting Spider-Man omnibus number four which is Spider-Man 105 through 142. So you get to read about Gwen dying again. And Secret Warriors Omnibus is finally getting reprinted. 
this was the second series that Jonathan Hickman did at Marvel. It started with him co-writing with Brian Michael Bendis, and then Bendis let him do it by himself. This was set up during the what, the Secret Invasion, I think. Yep, it, it was, was set up before. Yeah. The other thing that Jonathan Hickman was doing, he was doing the Ultimates over in the Marvel, doing the Ultimates over in the other Marvel line, which I can't think of right now. The Ultimate line, duh. And believe it or not, these books tie into Secret Wars. (laughs) He was putting the seeds to Secret Wars right away. Then uh, you already mentioned the Defenders. This pretty much reprints the Steve Gerber run. It's Avengers 20 through 41 with the annual and the giant sizes. Ah, this is good stuff. Now we have two of the remaster works, Avengers and X-Men, which is pretty cool because they both premiered the same month back in 1963. Believe it or not, I've actually, there's two trade paperbacks I'm getting on top of all these omnibuses. As I mentioned before, months ago, they just they're doing right now as we speak, Dark Web, which is a crossover between the worlds of X-Men and Spider-Man, where they collide because two of the most famous and famously wrong clones, I guess his name's Chasm now, Ben Riley, and the Goblin Queen, Madeline Pryor, they're back. And they've had enough of being He's second best, and they're going to be claimed what's rightfully theirs. I don't remember Ben going off the deep end, but I just finished reading the Inferno Omnibus, so I get all about Madeline Pryor. This goes through Dark Web, Amazing Spider-Man, Venom, Dark Web X-Men, Dark Web Ms. Marvel, as well as the Dark Web finale. When this first hit, I actually said I'm not buying Amazing Spider-Man. I'm just going to wait for the crossover. It's coming out in trade first, so thank you. I was ready to buy the hardcover because I do want to read it. And then I'll just get on to my normal Amazing Spider-Man. So I just thought, what a brilliant idea, taking the two clones that have been running around. And for whatever reason, they're getting together. Or maybe, I don't know. I haven't read it. Uh, We also have two more X-Men trade paperbacks, Trials of X Volumes 8 and 9, plus... Um, one of my favorite Spider-Man stories is getting reprinted with the trade paperback, adding the annual that they did after the first trade paperback. So sell off that first trade paperback to pick this oh, one up. Get some good Spider-Man Life Story Extra. This is the conceit of this is what if the Spider-Man story were told in real time? Yeah, we got his powers in the 60s. Gwen died in the 70s. He got married in the 80s. On and on and on. Chip Zdarsky, Mark Bagley. This is such a great, great, great story. And the annual that they've added is telling a lot of Spider-Man stories from J. Jonah Jameson's perspective. So it's one of the few times where they added something at the end that is well worth it and should have been in the original trade paperback. The last trade I'm getting is Guardians of the Galaxy Epic Collection Earth Shall Overcome Volume 1. I may have this. I'll have to check because this is the Epic Collection where they take 
let's see, they start with Mar. This is the original Guardians. Uh, Vance Astro, Yandu, Marinex, Charlie 27. Reprinting Marvel Superheroes 18 from 1967. 2-1, 4-5. Giant Size Defenders, Marvel Presents, 3-12, Thor Annual. I may have this. This does not say it's a reprint. No, it is a new volume. What you may have is the Omnibus yeah. that also has the Avengers story that they were in. Yeah, I've got to check on that. But that if I don't, I'm definitely picking up that one. I want to point out an epic collection here. Uh, the Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider Modern Epic Collection. This is the first of the modern comics that are being put in epic collections. They're going to have different trade dress. Ooh. So to differentiate them from the Silver Age, Bronze Age, these are modern age. So they want to kind of separate them a little bit. And this reprints a lot of the stuff that's in the Spider-Gwen omnibus that came out a while back. Um, and it sounds like they're going to be doing more of these modern era epics for more recent comics. And cool. Especially the fact that Marvel has pledged to keep epic collections in print. They're also finishing up the original Marvel years in the Star Wars epic collection. So now you can get all 107 issues in Marvel epic collections. So you can put them next to your omnibus, your three omnibuses of those stories and the Dark Horse omnibuses that reprinted all those stories. I think I think we need a scorecard for some of this. Oh, and the the mini Marvel Masterworks. This one is the third Avengers. So they're obviously doing well enough that that line is going to continue. They also have the Thor volume three. And this is when Jack Kirby and Stan Lee came back to Thor and finally started putting it in high gear. Oh, there we go. That's Marvel. <laughs> and we didn't even have a supplement from them. I'll expect some chocolates from you tomorrow, Marvel. By the way, if you want, you can go to Amazon if you have a Kindle and subscribe for free to Marvel previews. You usually get it about a week before they it, it prints. And it shows up on your Kindle automatically. Or if you have Kindle software on your tablet. I basically just had my Kindle out and was going through it that way. And now we get to everything else. Well, first, we have deluxe publishers. Well, yeah, but, you know, whatever. They're just probably, I mean, I got, I have nothing new from Aftershock. I always Aftershock, recommend. Aftershock, which is now in uh, bankruptcy court. Yeah, yeah. So, again, they're, they're advertising a few series, but nothing got my fancy. I went right in the Titan on page 230. Mother Nature, written by the goddess herself, Jamie Lee Curtis, with Russell Goldman, art by Carl Stevens. This is the debut graphic novel from Hollywood horror legend Jamie Lee Curtis, heartthrob of many films. Go, uh, go look at True Lies, you know what I'm talking about. 
After witnessing her father die in mysterious circumstances on one of the Cobalt Corporation's experimental oil extraction projects, (sighs) Nova Terrell has grown up to despise the seemingly benevolent company relied on by the town of Ketch Creek, New Mexico. The rebellious Nova wages a campaign of sabotage against the oil giant until one night she accidentally makes a terrifying discovery about the true nature of the Mother Nature Project and a threat that couldn't destroy the entire town. A couple pages of art, quote from Jamie Lee herself, I've always been aware of the very unbalanced relationships between humans and nature. I always knew that inevitably nature would win. This is a script from the Comet Pictures and Bloomhouse film. The only thing that would make this better is if they had autograph copies from Jamie herself. If you turn the page, hang on, I can do, I can do this. There, two thirty-two and two thirty-three. I mentioned this a while back. The rights for Conan have moved over to Titan. They just put out a new Conan novel, and the first thing they are doing is reprinting the Conan the Barbarian omnibuses. The Conan the Barbarian original comic omnibus and the Savage Sword of Conan omnibus. I've heard that they are tweaking the color a little bit, but for the most part, these are reprints of the Marvel omnibuses, which went out of print nearly immediately. And they're, I believe, they're actually, the Conan the Barbarian Volume 1 is $25 cheaper than when Marvel put it out, because Marvel's was $150, but the Savage Sword's going to be um, same price, $150. Pretty much the same. Looks like even the the only difference is going to be Marvel had commissioned new covers. Titan is just using covers from the comics. So those new covers that Marvel commissioned are not going to be here. But I found it really interesting. Titan's never done an omnibus before, and they're basically just reprinting the Marvel omnibuses. We're not getting a new Conan comic until Free Comic Book Day, however. Cool. They're going to use that to launch the new Conan comic. For me, the next, go to page 264. I'm not going to, there's two I'm going to mention, three I'm going to mention in passing, one I'm definitely buying. Abrams is rocking out some books that have to do with historical stuff. A new printing is one. Octavia Butler Kindred, which is from an FX Hulu original series. And this one won the 2018 Eisner Award for Best Adaption from Another Media. Uh, It's a best-selling science fiction masterpiece, kind of a deep exploration of the violence and loss of humanity caused by slavery in the United States, where Dana... A young black woman is suddenly trans and inexplicably transported from her home in 1970, California to pre Civil War South as she time travels between worlds, one in which she's a free woman, one in where she's part of her own complicated uh, familiar family history on a southern plantation. She becomes frightening entangled in the lives of Rufus, a conflicted white slaveholder and one of Dana's own ancestors. 
This was previously ordered, so it should be ready to rock. Just let your comic shop know you want it. Across from it are a couple other reprints that Abrams did. One of them is Run, book one. I've got the hardcover with all three volumes in it, which tells about John Lewis's, the, well, he's passed away. He's a civil rights movement, later congressman person. And this talks a little bit of the suffering he went through, including getting clubbed on the head a few times. Opposite of that, Kent State, Four Dead in Ohio. If you don't know what Kent State is, just Wikipedia it or buy this book. Because on May 4th, 1970, the Ohio National Guard gunned down four unarmed college students that were protesting the Vietnam War at Kent State. They wounded nine. It was a day America turned guns on its own children. A shocking event burned into our nation's memory. Those of you that will remember it as opposed to sweeping under the carpet. Here's a graphic novel that deals with it. After all that heaviness, right above it's the book that I'm picking up. It's called Marvel Value Stamps. A Third time history. I'm ordering it. Yeah. Resolicited <laughs> from 20, September 20. So uh, Roy Thomas, uh, all new color by Alex Ross. They talk about the Marvel Value Stamps. You would cut them out on all 100 put them in a, a stamp book and redeem for special discounts and exclusive merchandise. I, I'm not even, and then they did a second run of them. I, other than devaluing books, I don't know. <clears throat> I actually saw at one of the comic cons, an actual book. One was empty. Yeah. One was full of value stamps. And I don't know. Did any, but were they redeemable? Were there, were there yeah. stuff? So I know none of this. So that's why I'm real curious on this with the, with the history and uh, definitely, despite all the omnibuses, I will definitely be picking that one up. If you head over to page 268, most of you know that I buy everything Ahoy puts out, but I want to point out a new number one. There's just been a whole bunch of comics on wrestling, and this is yes. a new one called The Gimmick. A hard-hitting action drama written by rising star Joanne Starrer. Pro wrestling champ Shane Bryant's ring persona, his gimmick is forgettable. He's a nice guy, but his secret is more colorful. He has super strength. And when he pushes, punches his fist through an opponent's brain in front of 2.4 million horrified viewers, everything changes. Now Shane... Shane needs a new gimmick and a new life. Five issue miniseries. Everything Ahoy does is entertaining. It's um, the, the, the editors were editors at Vertigo who did sort of the, the funnier, less, less horror based stuff. And Ahoy has picked up that ball and run with it. Everything they've done is well worth picking up. So I'm picking this oh, one yeah. up uh, automatically. Course, right above it's our, our good buddy Pete Krause's book, My Bad, Volume 2, which I know I've talked about and just absolutely love. Above that, as long as we're on the same page, is a Marvel Heroines Silver, Silver Sable Payback. Soft, Silver Sable Payback. The notorious Dr. Doom holds the country of, what is that? Samankia. Samankia. Boy, they were hurting on that day to name that one, weren't they? He holds it in his despondent grip. Yet the patriot, 
The patriotic heroine Silver Sable aims to set it free, but Doom doesn't do favors. He offers her a deal. Find the clairvoyant, a device for seeing the future in exchange for releasing her homeland. Sable can't do this alone. She needs someone wild and unpredictable. Someone like the Black Cat. Why this isn't a Marvel miniseries? Come on, Kevin. I know you got a lot on your plate. She would be such a great... I mean, to introduce both those characters in the Marvel Universe to create havoc. Anyways, I've enjoyed the books that... uh, What's that company? Esonite? Yes. You can't... They're fun stuff. So it's definitely worth reading. I will give a shout out on the... If you go back a page, page 266, Femforce number 200. Not many independent comics last that long. Or if they do, they break down and do a bunch of miniseries or something. But this is a landmark 200th issue. Trapped in the tunnel of 200 terrors. Full color, full wraparound. Well done, AC Comics. And they've been around since the early 80s. Yes. I should say well done, Bill Black and Ernie Colley. Uh, If you go to page 278, we've got two Archie books. One is Archie Decades, the 60s, which reprints a bunch of 60s comics. But we've got another thousand page Archie book. The thousand page comics wonder what it is. These are digest size. They're a thousand pages for 15 bucks. Well, they've gone up a dollar. They're $15.99. And these are just wonderful little, wonderful little books. I keep them around. You know how I talk about I had that draw sack. I keep them around in there in case, hey, I'm at the group home. Everybody's like yesterday. Everybody's asleep. I need something to read, something to do. And I'm tired enough that if I read a novel on my Kindle, I'm going to start kind of nodding. So instead, oh, these are, you know, five to ten page Archie stories. Huge collection. You're going to get more than your money's worth out of reading. Then on the other page, page 279, Betty and Veronica, Friends Forever Rock and Roll. Why am I pointing this one out? You know, it's a regular 32-page book. It sparks the return of comic writer and artist Holly Golightly. Now, that is not her, the the name she was born as, but she's done a lot of stuff for um, Archie and Tarot the Black Witch, the Jim Ballant book, because she's married to Jim Ballant. And she Uh, poses for some of the deluxe editions and her stuff is always fun she's a she's a really fun writer and i like her stuff so i will be picking this one up you're not going to pick up the lip pops chocolate chop chocolate chop a horror on page 277 from archie uh is it is it a one shot it's a chilling adventure present one shot Uh, well if it's a one shot maybe because I don't buy Archie Collected anymore. No, this is not a collected. This is a, 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 an independent book. Three ninety nine, 32 pages. Chilling Adventures presents Pop's Chocolate Shop of Horrors. So 
it's it, the cover is what caught my attention. Matter of fact, I flipped by it and then I saw the Archies and I go, wait a minute. And I went back and I realized, oh, why this is coming out now instead of Halloween? Uh, Archie, I don't know, whatever. But, you, you know, this is $3.99. Go to the other book you've talked about, Betty and Veronica, French Forever. That's $2.99. So go figure. So anyways, I just the covers are kind of funny. I thought that was kind of neat. On page 286, Avatar is still selling off stuff out of their uh, warehouse. Oh, yeah. yeah. These are the hard covers. They're selling them for $12.99. If you haven't read anything, I would point out the Alamore Light of Thy Countenance. Because it's an Alan Moore thing that you're not going to get anywhere else. If you can, if you think you can get them, the cross books are wonderfully crazy. Basically, it's you're a zombie, and if you have sex, that's how it's transmitted. Other than, and then they kill too. So, I know people that I wouldn't even guess. You know, you wouldn't think, oh, this isn't up their alley, and they're saying, oh, I absolutely love these series. But here's your chance to get it. Crossed hardcovers. Didn't they have some signed ones? Yeah, on page 290, if you want to start at the beginning, get a signed one. Garth Ennis, Jason Barrow. There's a couple other ones. David Lapham. And Boundless, which is owned by the same people, they are still selling off all of the Lady Death stuff that they have in their warehouse on pages 202, 302 and 303. But don't you try to sell it on eBay. Well, no. No. Page 292, AWA, Red Zone Number 1, written by Cullen Brunn, illustrated by Mike Diodato Jr. Randall Crane, the unassuming American professor of Russian and Slavic studies at NYU, is called in by the U.S. government for a secret international mission back to Russia, where his long-buried secrets come to light. His support team of commandos is ambushed and killed, leaving Randall alone, and it's up to him to fight his way out of Russia using his particular set of skills some very very small artwork to look at on page 293 if you know mike diodato jr again a name i see and i pay attention to what they're doing there's a four issue miniseries awa has been doing some really fun stuff so i definitely uh, recommend that one by the way if you go to page 318 i do not normally point out stuff from dynamic forces but I want to point these out because I think Joe may have missed them. Jim Starlin's personal file copies. So you don't really listen when I was I was mailing in my my reviews. You don't really pay attention to what I, I said, did you? Nope, just cut and paste because this is actually the second month they've been doing this. Oh, yeah. that, was, that was a whole month ago. I don't remember what happened last week. Tremendously expensive but way cool if you actually score it because I don't know if he's got multiples of these or if there's just one or two, but you figure what's that the thing Hulk and the thing big change, which is a fantastic graphic novel by Jim Starling and Bernie, by the way, Bernie Wrightson, uh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But sorry, I'm just excited about it, but this one's signed by Jim only 750 bucks. And these are his personal file copies. And I've bought in file copies from other creators direct, but I think this is kind of a neat idea of getting uh, stuff from them. I don't even know if I, oh no, I do have Starlin autograph because he autographed the uh, Dreadstar omnibuses I bought. So I got I, that going for me. 
I also want to point out on page 320, Fantico is reprinting After Hours magazine. Now, you're thinking to yourself, oh, why would anybody care about reprinting some men's sweat magazine from the 50s? This was the first magazine printed by Jim Warren. It has uh, Betty Page, the After Hours Girl of the Month centerfold. Uh, Miss Tiri on TV, Soldier of Fortune, Photographer, Strange City, 36 Men and a Redhead, A Night with a Latin Quarter Girl, and Adult oh, Cartoons. Uh, $14.99, it's a 48-page magazine. They're going to be reprinting the first four issues. I think those were the only ones that Jim Warren did. This is what he did before he started doing Creepy and Eerie yeah. and Famous Monsters of Filmland. And it gives you an idea of the type of men's magazines from the 50s. Because so everybody, it's kind of interesting. Everybody knows say, Playboy. But they don't know the kind of the second tier stuff that did not have any literary pretensions. So the interesting thing is it's limited one time printing, one of four. So that makes me think there was only four issues of this magazine. Yes, correct. Fourteen ninety nine. If you've got two hundred fifty bucks for a very good good copy, you could get it off the eBay's. But what's happening are people are slabbing the really nice ones, and they're going upwards of two thousand five hundred fifty bucks. Uh, you know my feelings on slabbing, but again, this is kind of a fun little thing to pick up. Fantico. Matter of fact, I think I might. I, that's a, that's one of those. Uh, do I want to get it? But four issues. Joe. I'm back on page 299 under Black Panel Press. Pop-up number one, John Clark, Matthew Pateria. A brand new pop-up museum has arrived. It contains the world's most infamous and cursed supernatural objects. For creator and starving artist Diane Strickland, this is her big break. Tomorrow is the grand opening, and she and her family must work through the night to make sure it is all ready. But what do you think will happen when you bring so many evil exhibits together? Absolute terror. One of four. Come get some. (laughs) On page 325, Fanagraphics is reprinting another of the classic undergrounds. And this is going to uh, get us our our mature rating. And I would not advise buying this and trying to sell it on eBay. No. No. But this is tits and clits which was a female-focused underground, which was kind of a reaction to the male underground comics, which had gone from, you know, our crumb to getting really super sexual. So this is a groundbreaking comics anthology that served as a rebuke in a male-dominated underground comics, reprinted as a single volume for the first time. First published in 1972 it reprints the entire um, series. So that's 368 pages for $60. It is, uh, it is an important historical comic. If you are someone who is interested in undergrounds, this is one to pick up. If you're not interested under, in undergrounds or you are among easily offended, 
stay away from this book because oh. it is quite graphic. And the covers are friggin' hilarious. That's what caught my attention. I mean, as a kid buying independence, kid, teenager, I had no idea it was all women. It was just, I just read them and it was funny. Underneath it, I'll point out uh, Katie Skelly's, they're doing a new collection, The Agency. Each of the sex positive short stories in this comic collection stars an agent who will go far out to accomplish her mission. Skelly's psychedelic sex romp originally appeared on the web and was collected in a limited paperback edition, limited as in there's one on eBay for 40, 50 bucks. This is a newly expanded hardcover version with all new story for $24.99. Across from it is My Pretty Vampire, which I was my first, I, I, don't, I don't want to say exposure, but that was the first time I ever read anything she had done that I was aware of. I'll also point out on page 324 in the Fantagraphics is a ton and a half of auto, oh, not auto, but biography series. Uh, Miss Davis is the new one. Life of Shay. King, the complete edition. Michael Jordan, Bull on Parade. I know what I am. The life and times are Atismia. He knows what he is. Shit. Uh, just... Fantagraphics, another one, along with Drawn and Quarterly, which I think we might have gone over already. Just things to watch and check out because they're always pulling something fun and they've always been on the cutting edge of stuff. I mean, if I had the money, everything, including that new from uh, from, uh, Nudism Comes to Connecticut by John and Susan Boulier, I would buy everything they had this month. But as it is, I'm, I'm looking mostly at the previous, uh, the agency. Definitely tits and glitz, if I can afford it. Um, I am not buying it, but I do want to point out that the best-selling comic of the year is on page 334. What page was that? 334. This will be the best-selling comic of 2023. Menopause? No. Oh. Dogman Volume 11. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a given. I thought maybe you're talking like the Green Girls. And Dev Pilkey also has a, I believe it is a Catman, Catman and Dogman later on. Mm. These are not books that I buy. They're not books for me. They're books for kids. And they sell like crazy. And Dev Pilkey's been doing comics like this for decades now going all the way back to when my son was young captain underpants so i guess what you're saying is way back on page 308 under clover press the great gatsby adapted by ted adams and george colehole uh, that that's not going to be as as big a seller as no. uh as a no. dog man no. okay but it looks pretty and it, it would look cool on your shelf. And, and I think it would be a fun read because I, again, we talked about the miniseries. I, this is the way I'm going to buy it. I still don't know because for me, great Gatsby isn't so much about the story. It's about F Scott Fitzgerald's prose. And it's one of those where the story itself, there've been a number of adaptations of it and in the adaptations, you see that the story's just paper thin. It's all about how 
Fitzgerald describes everything. He pulls you into that world. It's the he's letting you know what messed up rich people are like by describing their lives in detail. So I don't know if I care much about a comic adaptation because it wouldn't have that that wonderful prose writing. It's kind of like um, Bonfire of the Vanities by Tom Wolfe. Fantastic book because of the prose. But when they put it on the screen, the story really, there's not a lot there. So the movie fell apart. And I'm wondering if Gatsby's a lot like that. Uh, Joe, what else? Okay, fine, yeah. fine. Go to page 315. <laughs> Flesh-eating cheerleaders art book. Standard. There we go. Uncensored version. <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised you didn't go right above it. From Dren Publications, both of these are. Plan 59 from Outer Space. Because back in 57, Ed Wood brought us a movie about aliens who tried to destroy and raise the dead in order to destroy the Earth and humanity and to prevent us from causing a galaxy-destroying weapon that they believe we'd one day create. This was Plan 9 from Outer Space. Obviously, Plans 1 through 8 failed. Spoiler alert, but the movie's like over 63 years old, so it shouldn't be much spoil. But Plan 9 did fail. But what happened in the years since 57? Did the aliens just give up? Were they going to cease their plans and stop and save the galaxy? Of course not. Almost 60 years have passed, and in that time, they've attempted to destroy us nearly 50 more times, and humanity has become quite adept at fighting them off. But today, they are coming back for their 59th plan, a plan that is no safarious. It just might work! Dramatic thunderstorm in the back. You want to know why I wasn't interested in this? Not particularly, but go ahead. (laughs) Okay, first off, publisher I don't know. Creators I don't know. 24-page comic for five bucks. And it's going to be a three-issue miniseries. So first off, I don't know if it's ever going to be completed. And it would be $15 for 75. What is it? Seventy two pages. Well, I can tell you because I have I have ordered flesh eating cheerleaders and all the issues have come out. So if you I mean, the uh, the price in that your your perceived value is is. You know, it's a good judgment, but if you're worried about it not coming out, I wouldn't worry about it because I did get all my flesh eating cheerleaders uh, comics, including the uncensored editions. Oh, my. There are a lot of little indies that do miniseries, and I'm very much – I Joe, I probably have three or four long boxes of miniseries that never finished. Yeah, I, and again, I just had one uh, 78 miles per hour, and I forget who, who published it. I think the first two issues are out, and then Diamond canceled the third. I have no idea why, probably because it's super late. And it was a great premise, you know, but – Again, is it going to be published? Will it come out somewhere else? Who knows? Yeah. And even that big publishers, you know, their image has had a few. Dark Horse has had a few. Gwen Marvel, Stacy, Marvel. <laughs> well, they eventually put it all out. But then, yeah, but still, that was because, well, I bought the first three issues. And now to get the second two issues, I have to buy the whole thing. The only person who I ever forgave was I can't think of the clean Doran was the artist, and I can't think of the art the writer, 
the clock from Dark Horse. Yes, because and they the, actually said, come meet us at a con, bring your two issues. We'll trade them towards the hardcover or something else that we've done. Yeah. So yeah. that was classy. Not as classy as on page 360. I escaped the Chinese internment camp. Again, this is another true story. Zumrat DeWalt, a mother of three from, uh, they hyphenated it, I can't, Beijing? No, Zixing? It's an autonomous region in China. It's arrested and sent to a detentional facility where she endured brutal living conditions and beatings. That was just the beginning of the troubles for DeWalt, who, with her husband, would soon hatch a plan to escape the country. It's a harrowing, evocative, and important story that will enthrall and enlighten readers worldwide. And actually, winner of the Pulitzer Prize, there's a couple other awards on there I can't read because I took my cheaters off. But again, this is the type of stuff that intrigues me because it's real life. Not that, not that in a kitty corner you got waffles and pancakes failure to launch. I mean, that, that's just pure fun. On page 362, we get a book that, once again, I ordered twice. And now it's been out in bookstores for a while. And I got my copy for a buck. And I will be picking it up through previews. Finally, The Strange Death of Alex Raymond. This is Dave Sim and Carson Grubach. Not Gruber, Grubach. Um, Sim brings the history of comics' greatest creators using their own techniques. Uh, this is a head-on collision of ink drawing, spiritual intrigue, pulp comics and movies, history and fiction. The story traces the lives and techniques of Alex Raymond, Stan Drake, Hal Foster, and others, dissecting their techniques through recreations of their artwork, highlighting the metatextual resonances that bind them together. He was doing this in, of all places, Glamour Puss, where he, Glamour Puss was a really weird thing where he was doing a comic about fashion, but in the back, he was doing this thing about Alex Raymond and talking about Alex Raymond's drawing technique and then Glamour Puss got canceled because who wants to read a comic about fashion by Dave Sim, who, he's, if he hears this, he'll be very mad at us, does not like women. And it's clear in everything he does just to get this stuff about Alex Raymond and realistic comic strip art. So now there's a book that has it all. Um they re they solicited it a couple of years ago and then canceled it and then resolicited again and something weird happened where it was only available through bookstores now it's available through previews and i guess co some comic shops that have uh book distribution were getting it so hopefully this time i'll actually get the book joe speaking of I'm not sure. I think I talked about it uh, in Mad Cave on page 364. Hunt, kill, repeat. The reason I think I mentioned it because it also has a December 22 order code. So this may have been something that I talked about last previews. Matter of fact, let me uh, look at my list here. 
Excuse me. Well, yep, I talked about this already. Anyways, I don't know if this is your second chance to order it or in in any case, they're not re-soliciting it, but they're kind of just reminding you of it. So uh, since I talked about it, I'll just go on to my next thing, which was on page 368, not too far away, the Carmen line, Dennis Hopeless. Uh, Piert Koloski. It's all sex, lies, and betrayal on a reality show. Streaming from space until the crew receives a message reading, abort mission and get home now. Things unravel quickly as they find their shuttle damage, a crew member dead. They'll have to fight to survive and escape with cameras recording everything. Four pages of artwork, which is always appreciated, and that's what tipped me over the edge to want to buy this. So, and this one's coming out in March as well. I did find it on page uh, 392. This will be your second best-selling comic of the year. Ah. Captain Under The Adventures of Captain Underpants, now with a Dogman comic, 25th and a half anniversary edition. Cool. So anytime I hear people, oh, comics are dying, although they seem to have quieted down when yeah. they showed that graphic novels from 2021 to 2022 sales went up. One hundred and nine percent. I think it was. Uh, Although we Go are going to see a shakeout of smaller publishers. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that in the months to come. But a lot of these smaller publishers were planning on, hey, one of our books is going to get picked up for a movie deal. Well, that's if it doesn't happen after a while, the money runs out. I want to point you toward page 415. 415? This is from Tomorrow's The Destroyer Duck Graphite Edition. This is uh, written by Steve Gerber and Buzz Dixon and Jack Kirby. And what it is, the first issue of Destroyer Duck was a fundraiser when Steve Gerber was suing for Howard the Duck, for the rights to Howard the Duck. And I have just read a huge article on that lawsuit that has a bunch of stuff that I did not know that we will be discussing in a future episode. But there were a lot of people who are like, well, we created it for Marvel. So, of course, Marvel owned it. Ah, it's more complicated than that. But this is your homework. Get a hold of a copy of this legally and we'll have a class session in a future podcast. Well, what it is, this reprints all five issues. Let's see. From Kirby's Pencils, because starting in, I would say, 68, 69, Kirby kept, when he moved out to California, he bought a copier. Because he wanted to, when he was sending stuff off to Marvel, he needed to be able to go back and see what he had done the previous issue. And he just kept the photocopies. Well, he had photocopies of everything, which is how Mark Evanier and Steve Sherman were able to go, hey, you know, um, if Vince Coletta is not putting in all your stuff, he's not inking all of your figures, et cetera, et cetera which is why Kirby then brought in Mike Royer and D. Bruce Barry, because they lived in California and he could make sure that his stuff was being inked correctly. But this is from those um, 
photocopies directly. So it's Kirby's original pencils. It also has Gerber's script pages, an introduction by Mark Evanier, and afterward by Buzz Dixon. It does not reprint the two issues, six and seven, that Kirby did not draw. And then on the next page, I do want to point out back issue 142 is a tribute to Neil Adams, who passed away last year. Uh, Joe? Back on page 395 under Scout Comics. They were the ones, I believe, that published that 98 miles per hour. A couple one-shots. Unicorn Vampire Hunter, a young woman named Jezebel, moves into a magical marsh to live with her uncle, Seamus the Wizard, and his puppies that never grow old. One day, Jezebel wanders into the dark forest and almost falls victim to a vampire. Luckily, her life is saved by a unicorn who gores the vampire with his horn killing it. Jezebel and her uncle welcome the unicorn into their family, but things are about to get dicey. It's an exciting new heartfelt story about friendship, love, and fighting purpose in an unpredictable world. Across from it, We Wicked Ones, with a cover by David Mack, which is probably what caught my attention. After being orphaned in a mass witch burning orchestrated by the U.S. government, Celia Jordan grew up to be Washington, D.C.'s darkest secret. She now wrecks havoc as the city's resident witch and its most sought-after contract killer. When a politician hire her, hires her to kill a beloved and powerful superhero, Celia hesitates, but not long. No one has been able to catch her yet. Why would they now? So, sounds interesting, and of course, the David Mack cover is just uh, icing on the cake. Uh, there is another book that Tomorrow's is resoliciting that I want to point out to you because I'm halfway through it, and that is the Carlton Companion. Now, this is probably one of the most scholarly books I have read on a lower tier publisher ever. It goes into the life of the person who started Carlton Comics, going all the way back to him leaving Italy in 1899. It is unbelievably researched, goes deep into Carlton's business practices, their problems with copyright law, their problems with the courts, how they started printing comics, how they got the rights to the Hanna-Barbera stuff, why they lost the rights to the Hanna-Barbera stuff. It goes into so much detail. If you've ever read a Carlton comic, you want to read this. It is an excellent, excellent book. I cannot recommend it enough. Loved that book. Joe? You mean you're not going to go to page 399 and recommend Pee Pee Poo Poo number 69 One Shot by Caroline Cash? She's the 2022 Ignaz winner for Outstanding Mini Comic. Cash's take on the classic 60s underground comic collects several short stories, including the hilarious Art School, Confidential, and the Queer Meets Cute one beer, cardstock foil with cover, or you could go across from it. Pee Pee Poo Poo presents Fart School hardcover. Mel's is excited about moving to Brisbane and starting art school. She imagines collaborating with other creatives, honing her craft, and becoming an accomplished artist. But turns out that art school isn't quite the same in real life. Can Mel finish college with her love of art still intact? By Mel's Stringer. Uh, Joe always points out Z2 Comics. Oh, absolutely. On page 444, they have three books coming out. 
Dio, the Holy Diver, which is based on one of heavy metal's most iconic album covers, written by Steve Niles, who did 30 Days a Night and tons and tons and tons of horror comics. There's also Ice Nine Kills, Inked in Blood, tying in with the events of Ice Nine Kills' next cinematic album. And then their last one, Machine Gun Kelly, Between Heaven and Hell Lays a Waystation for the Soul, co-written by music superstar Machine Gun Kelly with Elliot Rahal and Ryan Cady. I don't follow any of these performers, but if you do, you may want to pick up their stuff. Yeah, and keep an eye online on their website, because although I've got the beautiful Weird Al illustrated lyrics, I missed out on getting the signed copy. <laughs> Plus, they also offer the more deluxe versions where they'll come with maybe exclusive CDs, artworks, signatures, whatever. Back on page 432, a concept I thought interesting from What Not Publishing. And I don't know if it's tied into the What Not app where people are going crazy because you can auction off stuff. And because it's not crazy like eBay, people are getting some pretty good deals out of it. But check either out. This is an interesting idea. It's called Astrobots, five-issue miniseries, Simon Furman, Aaron Thomas. The clock is ticking for planet Earth, and the race is on to find a new world capable of sustaining life. New sophisticated machine life forms called Astrobots are dispatched to scout far-flung worlds in the hope of crafting a new home. With food and raw materials running out and climate disasters escalating the evacuation of the entire human population is the only slender hope remaining. This is based on an all-new toy line coming soon. The toy line's not out, but they give you a preview of it on the following pages, including that there is going to be a toy-exclusive variant comic in with the actual toy. The toy looks fairly killer. So it'll be kind of interesting, kind of... Interesting, risky, and again, I don't know if whatnot is tied into the app. They do give a couple pages of the art, which is always appreciative. And whatnot publishing has a number of other things coming out. So, again, buyer beware. We'll see what happens. I have a couple things in the manga section I'd like to point out. I don't know if you have anything else, Corey, you want to talk about before we delve into there. I want to point one thing out, and that is... Over the past few years, the T-shirts and apparel from Diamond has been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. I'm shrinking. And now it's one page of manga-related stuff. And I wonder if this is because both Marvel and DC shirts are now available everywhere. I would think so, because when I had them back when I had Hot Comics, I was it. You couldn't find them anywhere else. Now they're so common it's probably not worth carrying other than maybe very specific ones. Like when graphic illustrated redid the mage t-shirt. Yeah. My original ones weren't out. I picked up one part of my cosplay for uh, when I feel like being nice. And if you got a glow in a dark wiffle ball bat, cause I don't believe they'll let me bring a real bat in. Let me know a couple of things, three things I'll point out in manga that caught my attention just to prove I do look at everything. If you're a Street Fighter fan, there's a new Street Fighter comic on page 462 from Qdun Entertainment. A, ver- a couple variant covers, an incentive cover. I'm not a Street Fighter fan, but I-, I do like to point out properties like that. 
page 467. Excuse me while I... It's called Tombs. This is from Viz. Four-time Eisner Award winner Shunji Ito invites you to the terrific Tomb Town and beyond. Countless zombies stand in a row forming a bizarre town. What fate awaits a brother and sister after a traffic accident in this town of the dead? In another tale, a girl falls silent, her tongue transformed into a slug. Can a friend save her? Then when a young man moves into a new town, he finds the house next door has only a single window. What does his grotesque neighbor want? Calling out to him every evening from that lone window. It comes in hardcover format and it just sounds creepy. And as I've hit the theme of history in graphic novels, go to page 500. And again, I, I honestly, with all the omnibuses and all these other cool hardcovers, I don't think I'll be getting this. But if I do, A History of Japan in Manga. I'm not going to try to slaughter the names of the writers and artists, but this uh, History of Japan in Manga tells the action-packed saga of Japan from its misty origins up to the present day. Each epic battle, noble samurai, uh Duplicitous leaders are all portrayed in modern manga fashion. The lively stories in this book include the dawn of Japan, birth of Buddhism, the transition from hunter-stroll agricultural societies of the ancient times, the Genpain War. You can tell because I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm very ignorant of it. Just amazing stuff. Let's see, blah, 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 Samurai, let's see. The Onin War, a decade-long struggle for dominance in Japan in which thousands of samurais fought and tragically lost their lives. The 47 Ronin, loyal samurai who have vowed to avenge the death of their masters, choosing honor over surrender, being forced to commit mass suicide in a ritual as a result. Just sounds fascinating. It's only 1899, but 320 pages. And I'm assuming in English, which is always important, but that just looks absolutely fascinating. And now grab your previews, flip it over. This is for Brian. As you know, Brian's one of our listeners who bitterly complained to us that you never, ever review what's going on in the toy section of the catalog. Uh, we told Brian clear off the credit cards because we got a number of things we'd like to suggest he buy. For example, on page 32, I kind of like the Indiana Jones retro collection. You can get the action figure itself for $14.99, which is pretty cool. And I believe these are the retro collection are the three and three quarter scale figures. Above it, if you want, you can get another Indiana Jones and, or in the major I can't even think of his name. You know, the bad guy who got his hand all burned. These are six-inch figures. A little bit more pricier, but probably a little cooler. Corey, what else do you, uh, what would you recommend to our uh, rich friend, Brian? Joe, go to page 45. 45. Oh, oh. Toho Retro Halloween Mask, Volume 1. You can get a Godzilla mask. You can get a Mecha Godzilla mask. Or you can get Hedora, which was the smog monster. Mm, I'll get that one. What do you want to be? I want to be Godzilla. 
okay, that works. We got our Halloween figured out. But uh, the the main thing I am buying is on page forty nine. Yes, it's a oh, pop, it's a pop figure. Yes, it is the Stan Lee comic cover vinyl figure and display. Yes, very cool. Nineteen ninety nine. I don't think it comes with a real comic, but it it looks cool. Yeah, it comes in a box with a sort of a fake comic cover, and then the Stan Lee Funko figure in the box this is one that you'll leave in the box because the box oh, yeah. is its own display yeah and on page 50 there's a star wars new hope movie poster display like that although i think the i think the as cool as the movie poster is i love the stanley one on page 82 going a little deeper i would recommend if you if you have a need for it there's a transformers golden lagoon sound wave card holder from icon heroes what a better way to display your business cards than with a Megatron's loyal <laughs> lieutenant. Of course, it's PI, so it may be too expensive for you. I may have the cost of that listed. Hold on. Oh, cool. Because I do have. There we go. There's January 2023. And that is on page 82. So let's go to Lagoon. It was listed under Transformers. So it's I don't easier know. to find under Lagoon. Okay. There we go. Um, $63.38 from DCB Service. Yes. Go for it, Brian. But if you want to get the uh, bobblehead... The Nemesis Prime giant size bobblehead. That one will run you $101.56. I would recommend on page 88, you mentioned it before, the, the role-playing game, Die. Yes. Yeah. This is from Owen Book and Die Card Limited. Two different versions, a standard version for 60. Drop an extra bundle, get the deluxe edition. And... I'll just read it. In Die, the role-playing game, players take on the roles of authentically flawed people from the real world who gather together to play a game and are dragged into a magical realm. What are they prepared to sacrifice to escape? What are they prepared to sacrifice to stay? And this is built on, oh, how do you say the creator? Kieran Gillen? Yep, Kieran Gillen. Stephanie Haas, the creative duo behind Image Comic of the same name. 408 page book gives you all the tours. This, I mean, I'm, I haven't role played in years. This sounds amazing. But as we all know, the sad secret. Was there anything else you wanted to recommend that Brian spend money on? No, that was it. Because we all know what Brian is going to spend his money on. Folks, go way back to page 15. Our own Brian, yes, he is a gem in the holiday. <laughs> And he will pick up this premier Diamond Select toy release of Gem statue. One of only a thousand pieces for a mere 200 bucks. There you go. Cheap at half the price. Yep. And that's for Brian. And you know what else is for Brian and all our listeners? A, a, A magic broom? No, these guys, our sponsors. 
Our newest sponsor is NordVPN. Let's be honest, if you're out on the internet, you need a VPN to protect you. There's all sorts of things going on on the internet where people can track you, you could accidentally download a keylogger, all sorts of things. NordVPN gives the best security possible. It has a password manager which generates complex passwords, syncs across all your devices, stores your notes and credit card information. It also gives you 10 gigabytes of private cloud storage, um, secure files that backs up your data automatically. But the main thing it gives you is peace of mind. It gives you peace of mind when you're um, out on the internet, when you're streaming, when you're playing games, when you're listening to podcasts like this one. It gives you safety anywhere at any time. It protects your online activity. You get full access to all content. And if you use the link, go.nordvpn.net sh3ku, it'll take you to where you can get a great deal for a one-month plan, a two-year plan, a one-year plan. They are our newest sponsor. We're happy to have them. And if you would like to sponsor something here at any of the podcasts on the Solitaire Rose Network, you can. Just email me, solitairerosenetwork at gmail.com. Thanks. A magic broom would have been cool as long as you don't cast a spell on it to make it sweep up while you take a nap. You know what else is cool? All these podcasts I do. The Solitaire Rose Radio Network is currently on a pause, basically because COVID-19 has made it so that uh, I have to work a lot of extra hours at both jobs. But you can still go and listen to my other podcasts. Now, you're probably listening to Crazy Comics and Stories, which is the main podcast. But on this same feed, K-R-A-Y-Z-C-O-M-I-X, is Solitaire Rose Radio, the East solo radio podcasts that I do. Um, I've done interviews, I've done short stories, I've done all sorts of things, and you can get to it right here on this same feed. I also do a podcast called Novelcast, where I take the novels I've written and turn them into free audiobooks. That's over at novels.solitairerose.com. Dangerous Dan Moore and I, and of course Wolfie Be Bad, give you Bad Advice over at badadvice.solitairerose.com. You send in your questions, and we give you the aforementioned bad advice. And then myself and Adam Vermillion from For the Love of Comics do the Fantastic Forecast at fantasticforecast.solitairerose.com, where we go through the issues of the Fantastic Four, four issues at a time, to give the plot and commentary on each issue. That's not all. Yes, I'm crazy. I still over at PWInsiderElite.com every week on Wednesday do a recap of the latest episode of AEW Dynamite. I write up what happened and then myself and Anthony Pyrus will do an audio. Now you can only listen to the audio if you're a member at PWInsiderElite.com and if you're a wrestling fan you should be where we then break down the episode, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, give it a grade and let you know if you should have watched that episode. Those are the other podcasts here at the Solitaire Rose Radio Network. Thanks. And Joe, we have been at this for two and a half hours. Should we just call it and we can say freaking and geeking for next week? 
Sure, we're going to have an extra Freaking and Geeking next week. Two and a half hours of podcast excellence for you all. Yes, and, and thank you to Diamond Comics and everybody else because you're you're stepping up and actually giving us some stuff we want to buy. Oh, my poor wallet. I know I got I I've got some hardcore decisions to make, but we got a few days to do it. And by the time this drops, you got maybe a week, two weeks before your comic store has to make a decision. And that's why we want to get this out as close to the first of the month as we can. I mean, sure, your guy will probably want he'll take your order anytime you want. But, you know, if you could let him know, Brian, that you want a few of those gem statues yeah, he'll want a special order of those. As we say every week, the comic we like the least, we still like better than the comic that you uh, like the most, Joe. Corey, did you hear the one about the person that didn't know the meaning of innuendo? They thought it was for an Italian suppository. Uh, I live for that. Corey, hit my music. Done, bitches!